Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Hum. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't Just like it. Just say what you want. <laughs> Save all these giggles, Jay. <laughs> Lots of giggles. Lots of content here. Okay. Oh my Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. This is episode 18. Hi, everyone. It's number 18. Woohoo. Today's topic is goal setting. <laughs> I don't think we have an official name yet. We'll get to that later. Right. Goal setting, business plan, word of the year. I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's been a minute since we've recorded together. Yes. Yeah. I had to go solo on Lee. <laughs> that was the thing. Um, so, I got some interesting statistics. Okay. I thought it might be fun. We'll jump right in with them. And I think this was a Harvard business study. Okay. From a couple of years ago. So not like last year, but it said 83% of the population does not have goals. I believe it. (laughs) Just none at all. 14% have a plan, but they're unwritten goals. So they've got it. That's where I fall. Okay. And then 3% have written goals. So of the population. That's such a small percentage. I don't even know what the sample size was, but I I would venture to say this is probably true. I feel like episodes like this really point out our differences. Yeah, for sure. And areas that I want to improve on. Well, look, I, I'm giddy about today. Like, I love this episode. I love this topic. I like to goal set. I like to write things down. So this is in my wheelhouse of just what I like, which makes it a lot easier for me, but apparently only 3% of the population is in agreement with me. It makes me feel anxious. What? Tell me why. <laughs> why does it make you feel anxious? Okay. I feel like any entrepreneur or realtor out there to pick a number and then be like, okay, go make it happen. Right. It's like you don't have full c- – you you control – your work and how you work and the work that you put in and the effort and all of that. But if you don't make that number, it's like I'm scared to to speak a number out into the universe because – Then you could fail. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think only one of my 14 years I ever hit my goal. And I still do it every year. See, I just love that about you. So it's, I mean, the fail, it's not a failure. It's, you're trying to strive for something. You're trying to achieve something if you don't. And we're going to go through sort of um, tips for setting a goal. If you're not striving for something, if it's something you easily did last year, that's not really a goal. Right. That's just repeat. I mean, that's right. just cons- that's just a plateau. That's usually what I kind of go for. I'm like, I feel like I've been in this eight years. I've kind of found my average. Right. So if I can stay in this vicinity, then I'm fine. Well, I think you are fine. Because <laughs> but I, you could, I could do better. I but could. you don't need. But goals also don't have to be a number. And I think we've definitely covered this on episodes before. You are happy with your 
your transaction number, your your income level, these numbers are okay. And so you want to maintain, but there may be ways that you can set a goal that's I'd like to spend more time with family on whatever Saturdays, or I'd like to, yes. you know, cut down the hours of email I'm doing after five, or you may want to set goals that are different than the goals I want to set because I'm still trying to increase the numbers. Sure. So I think that's okay. Now here's where these stats get really good. Okay. Okay, so 14% of people had a plan, but they were unwritten goals. Those people were 10 times more successful than the 83% of the population with no goals. Wow. So even if you didn't write it down, but you had a plan or a a kind of a goal in mind, 10 times more successful. Now, the 3% that wrote their goals down were three times more successful than the 14%. Wow. So just... By putting the goal on paper, and I think we this is from a different, uh, this statistic isn't from that study, but I've heard this multiple places, 42% more likely to achieve written goals. So just the, just the acti- activity of writing it down makes you 42% more likely to achieve the goal. That's amazing. I really like that. It's super exciting because friends, everyone listening to us, grab a sheet of paper and a pencil. Or type it in your phone and write down what your goal is for next year. And there you go. You're 42% more likely. <laughs> you're already ahead of the game You're already doing anything stressful. You're already ahead of 83% of the population. Wow. It's real. We're going to get deep into this. But really, y'all, look at it as a fun activity. Yes. You're, you're, you're coming at it from a stressful place because you're seeing the end. And if we yeah. focus on the journey part of it, like your husband would, yes. then it would be okay. You'd be like, I have these goals to sort of keep me you know, going in a certain path. I think that it's like my favorite time of year right now. Yeah. It's like holidays and everybody's thankful and kind of slowing down and just embracing life and family, quality time, whatnot. And then January comes. Right. And it's like the holiday's over. Right. Your number goes back to zero. Party's over. Oh. The people that like check MLS to see where they stand, everybody is back at zero. Right. It's just the pressure and it's like to do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. Yep. It's a little daunting sometimes. And then, you know, by March, I'm fine. Well, right. Because by March, you, everyone is kind of back in right in where they were going to be. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of goal setting for realtors specifically, I think, is that when you hit January, that is the deadest time. I know. So <laughs> you're like, raring to go. Hooray. Holidays are over. I'm ready to hit the ground running. But there's... I'm doing my air quotes podcast. There's no work to be done. Right. Right. Yeah. Because maybe you don't have any of those hot leads. You don't have buyers or sellers. It's the slowest time of the year. So you feel like you're really starting off on the wrong foot. But you're ready. But you want to (laughs) go. You want to set those goals and make it happen. And that's where I think, you know, I'm kind of joking about goal setting making me anxious. Sure. There are some daunting thoughts to it. But it does make me excited and it makes me want to like, start fresh and clean house and get organized and ready to conquer the year. Yeah. I think it's great to start with a clean slate. I'll tell you what I struggled with the most last year and since my kids have been in school, regular school, 
they are out of school until like January 6, 7, 8, somewhere in that range. So there's this stupid imaginary line, right? January 1st, it's the new year. Got to hit the ground running. Got all these goals to put in place. But wait. But wait, it's still vacation. Like my kids are still home. I'm not hitting any ground running. I'm just trying to still keep my head above water and like do what I got to do and try to not not want to to move on. So my goals don't start until they start back at school. Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't want to be so focused on everyone else is starting. You know, everyone's posting their fun quotes about the new year. Everyone's making a resolution. I just, and I'm, a lot of moms, I'm sure it's not just me, are like, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. Yeah, give me a week. I need to ease in. Right. I think it's okay to ease into your goals. Sure. Well, you have all year. What is five days going to matter? It's not going to matter, but it's just a mental thing. Hmm. It's not going to matter. I'm like, oh, everyone's getting ahead of me. Okay. So the kids are back at school. Yeah. It's day one. You're alone in your office. Yeah. What does that look like? I want to clean. Okay. I want to file. I want to clean. I want to transfer over my files. I don't have that many that are dated, but you know, the where I'm keeping my receipts and stuff. I just want to s- get it all organized. And YouTube probably can see this if they can see into my dirty closet back here. I'm not or- – like I'm still – that's a work in progress. So every January, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get some more of it done. And maybe one day it will be done. Sure. But I don't know if it will actually be done. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but I don't wait until January to do the goal setting though. No. You, so yeah. this episode is going to air in the beginning of December. Okay. Y'all, this is the time. You know, you're a couple of weeks out of Christmas. You probably have some slower time here. You should be working on your business plan and your goal setting now. Don't wait for January 1. I mean, you can, but... Then you're behind a little. Yeah, I mean, you want to... You want to hit the ground running when you can. Yeah. And it's not... Look, this isn't a long activity. Doing a business plan is a little bit more um, labor intensive and might at the most take you two hours. But goal setting, I don't think, should take you more than... 30 minutes of thoughtfulness and writing. Right. It's not a long thing. That's what's so funny that 83% of the population, they don't even know where they're headed or if they want to head somewhere because they haven't even stopped to think about it for 30 minutes. I used to write them in my notes. Uh-huh. And it is fun to look back at my and goals see what from they like were. 2013. Yes. I'm going to look right now. Please do. I can't While wait to hear chat. it. That's fine. While you look at that, I'm going to start with the steps to doing goals. Do you want to hear the steps? Please. I found this amazing article, y'all. I wish I would have written down, but I have a link to it. So we'll post it like on our social media. The article was really well, re- well written. Um And it said, had steps to setting your goals. One was do a year in review. So I think this plays into your kind of method that you've been using. But go through, it's December. You probably know which closings you have left or which business you have left coming. Go through your year. It's time to look at the year, see what you did, and and kind of take stock of what happened. Right. How do you do that? How do you actually go through your year in review? Well, we talked about the Excel spreadsheet yeah. and how it has a source column. Okay. So that's where that's who, how I know these people or if they were a client where they came from. But I just have all of my addresses written down with the sale price and the close date okay. and where they came from. Okay. And literally at the end of the year, I just look at each one and I make a tally of where they came from. Yeah. I think that's good. And yeah. really – Okay, your average realtor does 11 or 12 transactions a year. That's it. 
Wow. 12. Let's just call it 12, one a month. I do not want to hear someone tell me they did not have time to figure out where their transactions came from. If there were 12 or 20 or 50, you can look through a list of 50 transactions and figure out where they came oh, from. It takes it takes 10 minutes, if that. Right. And I think this is more of us just telling ourselves, maybe we're nervous about looking back at it. Maybe so we're- I, Sometimes I am. It's like the accountability. Yeah. This is where you're looking at yourself. Yeah. You're holding yourself accountable. Yep. Was it a good year? Was it a slow year? What's going on? Right. Um, are you still happy? Yep. Are you giving yourself grace because there was a reason? Or do you need to give yourself some tough love because there was no reason and you just know in your heart that you- didn't do what you were supposed to and have this self-discipline. Right. That might be what it is. It's not the time that it takes to do it. It's the it's the mental part of it. That's for me. But I think I just get nervous. Well, and I do them. I don't know why I'm such a record keeper. It's just who I am. So I have a separate spreadsheet that's not my database. It is a spreadsheet that says what the who the buyer or seller was and where they came from. I am so cuckoo about this. I I have where they came from, but I also have a column that says the day that I received that lead. Oh, wow. And then the day it closed. So I can see how long it took someone to percolate. That's amazing. And that's, I mean, I don't even know what the point of that is or why I got into that habit. I think it was when I did more online leads because you really need to figure out, all right, an online lead is probably not going to turn the same way someone that called you off of your sign is going to turn. Right. Uh, They're just in different places. Online leads are in this really exploratory phase. So I have all of that in there. And then it's broken down by, so if they came from Facebook or if they came from a sign call, it's just like what you're doing, Sure, but it's all in there and they're broken down by commissions and I can see where did I make the most money? So if I'm spending money on Facebook ads, for instance, well, did I get any leads off of that? Did I close anything? Do I want to keep doing that? Right. The most interesting one I think was when I was doing postcards. And I only stopped doing them out of time more than anything. But I was doing four postcard series on every listing. And it was, That's I think. a lot. It's a lot. And I think that year that I did them religiously might have been 2017. And it was like $4,000 worth of marketing dollars. But I had the column that said, this is all the money I made off of it. And it was like a thousand percent. out. Yeah. But it worked out. That worked out fine. Oh. But there were other ones that didn't work out great. Oh. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I paid for Zillow for a, a minute. That didn't work out at all. Yeah. But y'all don't just pay for it because you Without think you need it. you got to track it. What a waste. What a waste of advertising dollars. If you're making money off of doing postcards, but not off of doing Zillow, then move your marketing dollars there. Or if you're making money off of Facebook ads, or if you're making money only off your sphere, well, why don't you take that 150 bucks you're paying Zillow every month and take 15 people to coffee? Right. I mean, that's more fun. Well, for example, I'm looking right now at my 2016, 2017, and 2018 charts. Okay. So I make a chart at the end of every year broken down into where the business came from. Right. And it's funny because over 50% is repeat and referral. Right. Over 50%. That's amazing. So to be repeat and referral, if you want to capitalize on that, you have to say, okay, my goal is to handwrite thank you cards twice a year to everybody that has ever been a repeat or referral or treat them to coffee or send them a 
$5 gift card. Right. Like those are the goals you would be setting. Yeah. But if you were rocking open houses and getting leads from that, you probably need to set a goal of Sunday is the day that I worked so hard. Maybe I'll do one or two open houses every Sunday. Yeah. And that's where I'm winning. Um, but it's just inter- any time at the end of the year to just see it happening. Yeah. Um, it's validation. Yeah. It lets you know where to spend your time and effort. Well, having that chart and having my spreadsheet, it's not a requirement. They don't track. They don't track. And here's the thing, y'all. It's not hard and it's treating your business like a business. And what do we learn? If you treat it like a business, it will pay you like a business. If you hired you to yeah. run your business, would you fire you? On some things, probably. I know. <laughs> Depends what it is. I don't know which part. Yes. I mean, look, but but I'm proud. I'm proud that I make those charts and those goals. And I, that is an important part of being a business. And you're wearing all the hats. And I, I know that's hard. And maybe writing down stats and figures and goals and numbers is not your strong suit. But partner up with someone in your office who who's yep. it is and take a, an hour go to lunch make it a fun activity right hey we're gonna goal set we're gonna but y'all here's my other thing please do not go from doing 12 transactions in a year and get all gung-ho about doing goal setting and then say next year you're gonna do 50 that's a lot you're gonna need a plan if you're not changing something drastic in the way you're doing your business you're not going to drastically change the numbers right It is just impossible. Now, if you're going to add in open houses to every Sunday and you've never done them before, maybe I can buy that. Right. But what are you changing? What is going to get you to where you're looking at? It's a business plan. Plan. Talk about your um, plan. Okay. Your your sheet that you just showed me because I love it. All right. I'm going to commit to do it. You're going to do it? I'm going to do it. You're going to love it. I mean, you might have to do it with me. I will do it with you. Okay, y'all. So um, Google Realtor Business Plan. I have seen it done in different places. I have... But I think I did a webinar one time with Breakthrough Broker, which is not affiliated to any company that you can just do it. And they probably will do it towards the end of the year. I've seen it done with Brian Buffini. I have one that I was able to do through my Remax. It was like a worksheet from Remax. But I'm going to just really kind of quickly go over it because it, this is the one that will probably take you an hour to two hours because you have to collect some data in right. order to fill it out correctly. Uh, but you come up with your income objective for the year. And then you break that down by 12 months. So you want to make $100,000, you divide it by 12. What are you making per month? Um, then you do your average sales price. This is where you need to go look at your however many transactions you did last year and do the math. Right. I mean, you got to add up all the sales prices and divide it by however many transactions you did and get the average. Then you're going to do the same thing with commissions. So average commission per sale. And I will tell you, mine has changed as the price range I works I work in changes, that number isn't the same every year. Right. So you do have to go look at what business you had the year before. Um, And then you put in, that's pretty easy. You've got an average sales price, you've got an average commissions, and you're going to have a total income. And you, like mine is set up in in a spreadsheet now where it's got all of these are formulas. Right. So I'm not doing all this math. I'm able to just type in the numbers. Then it divides out and tells you how many transactions. So for instance- To get that income. Yeah. In 2019, I had an income objective of 300,000 and that was 44 transactions. And it's funny because 44 transactions seems feasible. It's not. And an income of 300,000 seems tough. like a lot, like right? A lot. So that's the whole thing. It's all perspective. Right. And that's because of where 
where my, I mean, every market's going to be different, right? So if their average sales price is 150 or 450, I mean, in California, it's going to take less transactions, right, right? Right. I mean, like it's, it depends on what you're like my average sales price from when I looked at my numbers of 2018 and pulled it onto the worksheet to do for 2019 was $268,000. That was the average sales price. So that's how I got to the 44 transactions. If you divide that by 12, it's four a month. Perfect. Four transactions a month. That's easy. And then that is when you your mindset and your visualization comes in and your mission statements. You should be saying to yourself every day, I am closing four transactions this month. And if you don't, like what if you have a bad month? I just keep going. Now, <laughs> I do reassess. And that's going to come in these steps that we're going to talk about in a minute. Just reassess. If yeah. you haven't closed four every month and that seems like it's un- unrealistic, don't wait to the end of the year to redo your goals. Fix them. The majority of my business is done in May, June, July. Right. Well, I mean, that's probably a lot of realtors. Sure. So that's okay. If you know January, February, March is going to be slow, don't chuck it all then. But what are you doing during that time? Because you have to prepare for this busy – because when summer gets here, you're not going to have time to handwrite cards all the time and organize your database and – Clean your office and get ready. Yeah, that's why really taking advantage of this beginning season and right now. That slow season is when you should be doing that. You know, I told you before we started, I think 2020 is going to be a good year. I know. I love when you said that. I like believe it in my bones. I don't know why. It's just I'm starting to get phone calls already. You can sense it. Hey, I think I'm getting ready after the holidays. Can you just come by? And I'm like, I'm getting more of these calls than normal. Ooh. And I just think that 2020 is, you better be ready. So y'all better be ready. Uh, Yeah. I better be ready. You're right. I better be ready. mm -hmm. Get the list done. Get them done. All right. So the end of the business plan worksheet, y'all, it just kind of goes through. Look at how many listings you did last year, how many were buyers, that way, you know, your percentage is there and then you can figure out um, one thing I did want to mention. It does ask you how many appointments you went on. I don't think it's feasible for you to go back through your calendar and try to figure out literally You'd have to track that as you go. No, but I'll tell you how I track it. OK, um, I am a religious user of the agency disclosure disclosure form and pamphlet that we're required to have in Louisiana. And yeah. so when I go on a buyer appointment, I have my buyer folder and it is tucked in there and every new buyer I meet has to sign it. Um, and that just says they've gotten the pamphlet. And the same thing with listing appointments, every, uh, they get a listing folder and the pamphlet is in there and everyone has to sign it. Well, we're required here to keep that signed pamphlet for five years. So I just pull out and y'all, it's not that many. I mean, what am I going on? Five to 10 appointments at the most in a month of new, new brand people. new people, right? So I just go through that disclosure and and then I'll, I'll be like, oh, dang, they never did list their house or, oh, they ended up staying or, oh, this buyer like flaked out on me. But at least I know how many I met. Right. That is where systems come into play in order to keep your numbers. And these are systems y'all can just set in place if you've not done them before. You can guesstimate, you can look, you can pull out a month of your calendar and count them. But so I don't know. I think that's helpful if you're keeping up. That's how I keep up with it. Because I'm not going to go dig back through my calendar and try and figure out mm-hmm. how many appointments I went on. But I do use those disclosures to figure it out. And then it will use that based on the percentage of listings you sold and percentage of buyers to tell you how many buyer or seller appointments you need. And it gets really in depth and we're not going to go further into it, um, but it will break it out to working what is your time worth per hour. I like it. 
it's pretty fun. It's fun to look at and it's helpful to keep you focused. It would be a really cool thing to just do year to year. Oh, yeah. And see ups, downs, growths. Like 2017 was my best year so far. I think at this rate, 2019 will beat 2017. That's the same for me. Isn't that Do you think that's market-based? Maybe. 2018 was a down year for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did about 17 less transactions and about three and a half million less than the year before, 2017. Mm -hmm. So it was just a down year. I didn't really feel it that much. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know why that is. Interesting. 2019 is looking to be a good year. And deep in your bones, you say 2020. deep in my bones, 2020 is looking good. I just feel it. I love it. it. I think that's so good. Um, Okay. Do you want to hear the steps to setting a goal? Yes. Okay. So we step one, year in review. Okay. So kind of dove into that. Look where everything came from. Figure it out. Look at your year. Were you successful in your fitness goals? I mean, does the... That's the thing about goal setting. It's kind of all-encompassing. Right. You can't compartmentalize just your work. You got to think about everything. Number two, step two, write down your goals. So, hey, everybody, (laughs) everybody listening to the podcast is going to join that 3% of the population that's super successful. Um, They need to be realistic, but push yourself. So, I mean, you can't can't just pick a number out of the sky. You have to look at what you did before, but push yourself a little bit. Um, step three is write it down in an I am, not an I will statement. So I am closing 50 transactions, mm-hmm. not I will, I am. That's a visualization trick. So okay. that's mindset stuff. Um, number four, you've heard this before, the SMART goals. Yes. So the SMART, every if you go to any class. Right. They, it's the basics. It's basics a basic. to goal setting. But I like it. It's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. So you've got to follow those parameters when you're setting your goals. Make sure they're specific, not just I'm going to do more business next year. Right. Well, like how much more um, and be able to measure it and and give it a deadline. Um, I, I'm i going to get to this in a second. Number five is action plan. Hey, how about that? Double down on what's working. Okay. Okay, got to actually have a plan. Number six was be flexible and reevaluate. So that's what we already said. If it's not going so great, don't just hang on to a don't goal. Don't just that's, quit. Yeah, don't just quit. <laughs> Reassess, get a new goal. But I also learned, and I think there's a book about this. I feel like it was a Brian Buffini, something I listened to. Um, they do their goal setting in 12-week sections. Oh. So they break the year up into 12 weeks. And I think what's nice about that in real estate, especially being cyclical, if the first three months of the year are slower, then set your goals according to what you think is realistic. And that's a 12-week sec- twelve week section. And mm-hmm. then the next 12 weeks, you would set different goals. Sure. Okay. And then number seven, you're going to love this one. Celebrate wins weekly. Weekly? Yeah. That's a that's good. We need more celebration. Because if you're looking at your goals as an end of the year thing and you know you're not going to make them. It's daunting. You feel like a failure. Even if you know you're going to make them. It's just so much has to happen between too, now and then. Too big. Break it up into 12-week sections and celebrate weekly wins. Okay. I love that. I found my 2013 goals. Please tell us. So just to put this into perspective, 2017 was my best year. 
selling 92 homes for 21 million. I mean, first of all, we're going to just stop right there. That is like bananas good. It's it's pretty crazy. It's I, amazing. I'm not really sure how that happened. I'm going to celebrate your win. Celebrate. Way to go, girl. Okay, but just four years prior. Okay. I was in year two of real estate. Let's hear those goals. Four million okay. was my goal. And I wanted to achieve that by selling 25 homes. That's totally respectable. Oh, yeah. These are great goals. Great goals. Um, The majority of those 25 transactions would be buyers. Because at this time, I really wasn't getting that many listings. Because right. I was 21 and I looked like I was 15. Right. And nobody trusted me to no. put my sign in their yard. Right. So I relied heavily on buyers in the beginning before... I had the numbers to win over. And the confidence. A seller. Yes, exactly. Okay. Goal number three. First was four million. Two was 25. Ask for referrals. Oh. I made it a goal to ask. What a great idea. That could be letters. Yeah. That could be Facebook messages. But I just had to stop tiptoeing around it. You made, you made it ask. a focus. Complete my database. Okay. So no blanks in there. Did you do it? I did. Love it. Uh, make a system for organizing leads, like sign calls, phone duty. So like if somebody just randomly calls you, I needed to make a system for that. Got it. And I made one and it's changed. Um, get the SRS, ABR, and SRES designation. Not just so one. I wanted to get three, three designations in a year. Did you? I did. Well. Join the board. So many successes. I know. I mean, I met most. Yeah, I think I met all these. Join the board. Serve. So yeah, I do. Okay. Done. Put $5,000 into my IRA. Love it. Do six mail outs a year. Okay. I put that because my broker pays for us to do six mail outs oh, a year. So you want so to do at least like, do well, them. Do that at least. It's yes. Did you do the 25 transactions? Do you remember? Uh, I think I did. Okay. I think that what was great about those, hey, number one, they were written down. Yeah. Proud of you. Thanks. And you met a bunch of them. Yeah. And I think that's all, they were all good. And they weren't all just numbers. Right. Sometimes those goals that are not numbers are the ones that actually move you through the numbers. Right. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I had a goal Um, the next year to run the four-mile LSU Lake in 40 minutes. Oh, did you do that? No. that's. But you know what's funny? You're doing it, you're doing it I'm now? I'm doing it now. Sweet. I'm back into it, and I think I'm going to make it. I love it. That's a lot of running. A 10-minute mile. Not not so fast, but, you know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't run a mile, so <laughs> kudos to you. Okay. That is the steps to doing your goals. Like them. And then they're, that was very easy. Sort to... of a brief overview of a business planning. Um, I also wanted to talk just a little bit about the word, the word for the year. Have okay. you ever heard of this? Yes, you're more into it than I am, but I, I like it. So tell us about it. Well, I mean, and I'm not an expert because I don't know where y'all are learning about me that I listen to a lot of random webinars. This I list... is like your episode. I li this, I li this episode was made for you. This is, this is my jam, y'all. This is like a coaching episode Ugh. where you are telling me and our audience how to, how to goal set, how, to, goal how set? to get your mindset right, how to give yourself grace when it's okay to reevaluate. It's okay to fail. Look, what the true oh. irony of that is, is 
I think we all know this. I do half as much business as you, if not less than that. But I admire your systems. I think the systems are what keep me sane. Okay. And although I'm doing half as much business, I've managed to stay in this business twice as long. Right. I want to be here for the long term. You can't. You've got to have systems or you're going to not have sanity. Uh, The word for the year. I don't know if I heard it in a podcast or I feel like, boy, Brian Buffett. You know why Brian's coming up so much? Because y'all go listen to his podcast. And I really wish I could remember the name of it right now. He's all about setting goals. He's all about systems and he's a great coach. Um, Okay. So I think it was, it's like, there's a book, maybe it's called one little word. And then there was like a, um, some sort of like challenge that some blogger, I don't look, I don't love picking a word. I think it is great. This is my word for 2020. Yes. So somehow I came across it and I heard it and it sort of resonated with me on whatever webinar I was listening to. And I'm like, I like that because a lot of times I find like where I'm struggling, you can hone in on what you need to do with a word. So here are some of the words. And a lot of times mine came to me organically. So that I would start the year and I would be having the same sort of struggles and I'd be like, you know what? I need to focus on balance. So I would just say the word balance. I would write it down. I, if things were feeling a little off kilter, I would just be like, okay, how can I make this about that word? And I've had balance. I've had simplify. I like simplify. I had simple written down as my 2020 word. Yeah. That's amazing. Keep it simple. You don't need to overcommit. You don't need to do all these crazy things. You don't need to do a bunch of different things. No. Keep it simple. If that, if you want to make it the year of handwriting letters, you handwrite, you know, thousands of letters in 2020 and watch your business come Yes. Out. But you know what's interesting about that? I think when we, we're such pendulum people, we go one way to the other. Yeah. So I'm either going to set all the goals and I'm going to try to do all the things or I'm going to do no goals and I'm going to be a total failure, right? Like okay. I'm not going to set them. I'm not going to write them down. Right. If we can find that middle ground, just like what you're saying, pick a thing. Yeah. Like let that thing be your goal. Simplify. One, I think last year I did connect because I really wanted to be more intentional about reaching out to my database and, you know, just connecting to people. Even through social media, that was part of my focus too. Like comment on other people's posts, like connect. Sure. Um, I think I know what 2020 is, but I think it's because it's so obvious. What? Do you, do you want to take a guess at my 2020 word? I feel like I should have some guesses, but... I don't know. I put I don't you know on the what spot. Direction this is going in. I totally put you on the spot because it's 2020, and because I do feel like I vision. Yep, <sighs> she did it. <laughs> I think that's a great word for 2020. It is, but I think it applies to where I am at right now. It's not just something. Oh, 2020 is cool. I'm going to call it vision. I I had a lot of clarity in 2019 okay. about where I want my business to go. I mean, that's part of why we're doing the podcast, right? So I think that vision resonates with me for 2020. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's kind of cute. It's funny because I feel like once we became good friends, that is when I started thinking – because you question like, well, what are you doing this for? Like what are you in real estate for? What's your long-term goal? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just my job. My right. family needs income. It's my – I got to pay bills. It's my uh, – yeah, I, I need to provide for my family and pay bills. But – you have always had a bigger vision, a bigger picture of, you know, do you want to do more? Do you want to do less? And not more doesn't mean more business. Right. It just means 
something else that you enjoy or um, do you want to use your success for something? And I mean, I think that's why I was like in the beginning when I met you, I was like, no, I just want to sell real estate. But and I do. That's always going to be my primary thing. But that's why you got my wheels turning. And that's why I texted you that, that day saying maybe we should do a podcast. Yeah. And it it can be a platform to help people reach the masses without having to meet individually with everybody. And, you know, it's fun. It frees up my time and allows me to refer people to it. For sure. And it's super fulfilling. It's doing exactly what you thought it could do. And I think it's interesting because it came to me in the last few years, that pull and that feeling like, when I asked you, what are you doing this for? It wasn't because I knew year five or seven that I knew what I was doing it for. But at year 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, it starts to feel like the natural progression is to start taking on buyer's agents and have a big team or consider being a broker or like, how do you, if you're a growth minded individual and have some sort of ambition and you're a realtor, there are sort of these natural places that it takes you, right? Sure. And you and I, I think, always both connected on the fact that we had no desires to be a broker or a team leader. I think that to me, it's a totally different job. It would be like quitting what I'm doing to become a manager. Right. I don't want to manage other realtors. I don't want to be responsible for other realtors. I just want to manage my clients. Yeah. And I think what the the whole point I'm trying to make and the tale that this is, is that it's okay if you're in a business and you don't want to take the path that is the natural progression. Sure. It's okay if your goal is to work less and you don't need all of that income. It is okay if your goal is to, you know, be with your family more or to travel more or to do anything. I set a goal one year to match my production of the previous year. Okay. Like I was just looking at it and I was like, that was a great year. If I could do that again, I would be happy. Right. If I didn't grow, if I just maintained f- for this year, I'm I'm good with that. You were good. Yeah. I think that's fine. It's okay to consider that you've reached the top of what you want your goal to be. Right. But when you start to feel restless mm-hmm. or like you want something more, then really give it some thought. Sure. I, so what do you think made you get that feeling? Ah, that's a 10? really interesting question. Like, was it something? Was it that your kids were at school and like what? Do you want to know the honest answer? Yeah. I felt like I didn't have any more to give to get more income out of my real estate. I felt like I was doing everything that I was willing to do and still have my boundaries in place. Right. And I wanted to make more money. Like, I just felt like I was kind of stuck in a place where I didn't know how to fit in the activities it was going to require for me to make the real estate grow financially. Okay. I sort of felt at a plateau. Like, you knew... Hitting bigger numbers meant you would have to sacrifice some of your time, More time. with your family yeah. and boundaries. And you just were like, I don't want to grow that way. Yeah, so. but I do want to grow like I do want to grow financially. So I'm like, okay, well, if I don't want to grow that way and I don't want to give more of my trade my time for money, like what am I going to do? So um, it's going to come more into light as we go through the next few months. But so I found some things that I think are going to add to that and complimented in a nice way. And I think that I just felt a pull like, 
I mean, sure, I toyed with it for a second. Maybe I do need to be a broker. Is that what I have to do? Like, I don't know how to. Inc- Isn't that what I'm supposed to Isn't do? Isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? So I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I toyed with it for a minute. I'm like, that just doesn't feel right. Like yeah. it just didn't feel right. And I think I feel like I got some clarity, especially once, you know, we committed to doing the podcast. And, and so life is a journey that you don't know the end of, but you don't have to stay exactly where you are. And if you feel like you're stuck and you don't feel comfortable making the changes you'd have to make to make that bigger, then have another thing. You have to respect the season that you're in. Yo, yeah. I know that – I mean, I turned down our board of directors secretary-treasurer position a few years ago because I knew that it meant becoming vice president and then president right. during a time when I was going to be having my first baby. Yeah, that just and doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, you know? So Yeah, don't feel – I think that's the problem. We put ourselves – we look at what everyone else is comparison. doing. Comparison. Yeah, we look at what everyone else is doing. We put ourselves in the same line and we're like, okay, well, that's what happens next. So I have to, I mean, that's very brave to say I'm not ready for that. Right. Um, That's not what I want my goal to be. I feel like it goes, it always goes back to mindset. Totally. Like no matter what the topic is. Yes. It's all about your mindset, how you're doing. Mm -hmm. Are you comparing yourself or are you embracing your strengths? Yep. You know, you know you. Yes. You know the truth. Yes. And you know what you're capable of, what you can handle, what's going on in your life. How are your parents doing? Are they aging? Do they need more time with you? Yeah. Um, how are your kids doing? How old are they? Are they becoming more independent or are they little, little and need you more? Yeah. You know, just yeah. trying to figure out where am I? What can I handle? Don't beat yourself up. Right. I like it. I love it. And that is where goal setting is fun. It is so fun. It's fun. Picture what you want your life to look like next year. And don't be afraid to say if it's more or less or lateral. I mean, like if it's the same, that's great. Just pick the picture what it looks like to reach those goals. Hmm. And then you can get there and write them down because if you don't write them down. Are you doing another vision board? Well, How often do you do those? No, remember. Okay, so back high YouTube it's like friends. A couple years. It's I I ten years in between the ten years. You saw the original. I didn't realize it was ten. You saw the original vision board. Yes, I made that one when I was feeling kind of in that that slumpy year two three one two three four. I don't remember what year it was two or three, where I'm like I don't know if this is going to work for me, and I made that vision board and I got really focused on mindset. And I kind of ran with it for a while. And then things were just good in a nice place. And this year when I started to feel that pull and I started to feel like I needed more or something else or I needed to push myself out of whatever comfort zone I was in, that's when I made a new one. Huh. Ten. It had been 10 years. I like it. So, I mean, I'm not – you need to do your goals every year. Sure. But you can do – you can jumpstart yourself. Well, some of the things on the vision board, like owning a vacation home or whatever, could take a couple years. Yeah. Oh, for sure they do take a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that it – yeah. I mean, you could set goals for five years down the road, but I think make sure you set some for 12 weeks down the road. Right. <laughs> right. It's okay. I think that is really oh, – I'm going to do vision. What do you – so is – wait, is simple your word for next year? I had simple written down. I had aware. Oh, love that. Okay, so here's why aware. Let me hear it. I want to be aware of the people around me 
Mm-hmm. Instead of so focus, focus, focus on my stuff. Like I want to be more aware of how my husband's doing in his job. I want to be more aware of the realtors around me in my office and how they're doing. Love it. I want to be more aware of how my daughter is. Like just tuning in more to my surroundings than to myself. Okay. I don't want to be tuned out. I love it. Going through life. Okay. And then I had um, proactive. Oh, but proactive seems wrong. <laughs> can I can I weigh in? It does seem wrong. It seems like that's a that's a push word. That's an achiever's word. I know. That's it's, a total that's achiever's my word. Three word. Yes. We, I'm I'm ixnaying on that one. Okay. You can have you can have um, aware or simple. Either way. Simple and aware. Simply aware. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Okay, this has been like the best episode ever for me because I think <laughs> You're it's so, so energized fun. right now. I love it. Like it's my favorite thing. Um, and so we could go further into it and maybe next year we'll do a whole nother one. Do you think we'll be doing this next year? Yeah. I do too. <laughs> oh my gosh, you scared me for a second. <laughs> I, I'm not going to quit on you right now. Okay. That's my goal. My goal for 2020 is to let this go. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't cry. Uh, so 2020 people, get some goals, write them down. I don't care what they are, but make sure they're on a piece of paper somewhere. I'm excited about who we're toasting to today. <gasps> All right, let's hear it. Okay, I'm going to butcher her name. Her name is Sarah Guzik. I'm going to call her Sarah G. Okay, I love it. She's from Ontario. <gasps> Ooh. And she's been following along. So we have a Canadian. Do you know that Canada is on my bucket list of places I want to go? I hear it's beautiful. I know. I want to go so bad. Okay. I just am excited that we have a Canadian <gasps> following the podcast, tuning ah. in. Okay. So she's a new agent. Okay. She just had her first deal. Yay. She started selling at the beginning of September. Okay. And two weeks ago, she had her first deal. Okay. She works with her dad who has been selling for 35 years mm-hmm. and he has been her mentor and she is like so blessed, she said. What a great, a great mentor. Team. Okay. But this was her first solo deal. All by herself. All by herself. That's huge. I love it. So good. So okay. we are going to cheers to Sarah G. Yay, Sarah. Good job. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode topic or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Don't forget to send in your wins. See you next week. This is the good life.